As has been already mentioned, we're thankful for the presence of all of you, and I am honored to be your speaker for just a few minutes this morning. I can't dive into a topic very deep or build a thought for very long when our sermons are going to be 10 or 15 minutes long, but I want to just talk about a subject that is often discussed in the world, and that is, are you spiritual, religious, or both? Maybe you've heard people say this, I have in my life, where somebody might say, I'm not religious, I'm just spiritual. Well, the question is, is it possible, according to the Word of God, to be spiritual and not be religious? Are these concepts found in the Word of God, and what does all that mean? Well, first of all, the mindset basically that says, I'm spiritual, I'm not religious, what people are saying is this. Everything that is relating to religious practice or organized religion would be considered religious. And then everything that is associated with the mind or the attitude or the behavior is dealing with the spiritual. So here's the mindset. As long as I am preparing my mind and my mind is right on the inside... I don't have to be part of any religious organization at all. I don't have to be a part of organized religion. Maybe you've also heard this where somebody might say, I believe in God. I'm a believer in God, but I don't believe in any kind of organized religion. Well, here's the point that I want to make. We want to notice, is it possible truly to be spiritual and not religious? Well, first of all, I want to ask two questions. Is this a distinction that ought to be made? Should we be making a distinction between spiritual and religious? And secondly, is God happy with such a distinction? Well, first of all, let's talk about the definition of spiritual according to the American Heritage Dictionary. And there are four different definitions. Interesting, I thought, especially number four in just a minute. But here is how the dictionary defined spiritual. Relating to, consisting of, or having the nature of spirit. It is something not tangible or material. Second definition. It is concerned with or that which is affecting the soul. Number three. It is from or relating to God. But then we get into number four. And it says, belonging to a church or religion, it is that which is sacred. You know what's interesting about this? Sometimes spiritual and the definitions of spiritual and religious are interchangeable. In fact, this is the definition of what it means to be religious. You belong to a body. You belong to a religious organization. Now, it's also the same definition, definition number four, for the word spiritual. They run hand in hand. So, I think that there are similarities, and for good reason. One scholar said it this way. He said the reason that they're used interchangeably and there are similarities is because there are some things that are spiritual that are religious and things that are religious and also spiritual. We're going to get more into that in just a minute. So, those that set up a contrast between spiritual and religious have a special definition for each. Here's the special definition. For spiritual, they mean specifically religious behavior 
relating to the mind, like meditation, like prayer, like devotion. Let me ask you this. Is meditation bad? No. The Bible says meditate on these things. Meditation is wonderful. If you're having a problem with your thinking and your mindset, you have to rid yourself of all the negative stuff. How do you do it? By focusing on or meditating on that which is good, that which is lovely, and, on, and so on and so forth, a good report. And when the Bible says think on these things, it means meditate. So meditate is a great thing. What about this? Prayer. Prayer is part of our life. It is everything that we do. And by the way, if the only time you pray is when you pray for your food or you pray at night, you're probably not praying enough. Your prayer life should be that which incorporates all that you do. What about devotion? Absolutely. But the special definition for those that are advocates of spirituality without religion say, it is this, it is meditation, it is prayer, and it's devotion only. Here's the special definition that they give when they make a distinction between the two for the word religious. They mean behavior that is associated with activities of religion, such as forms of worship and also church attendance. You know, I'll tell you, I heard a guy say one time about spirituality and about being a spiritual person. And um, he said, it's better, and he quoted some author, he said, it's better to be like I am spiritually or be spiritual. He said, because it's better to be in the mountains, it's better to be in the mountains thinking about God than it is to be in a church building thinking about the mountains. Now, when we come together in the church building, we don't think about the mountains. That's true. When we assemble as worship, we don't think about the mountains, and that's true. But the concept was this. I can, have, I can be spiritual without worship and without attendance and without having a religious a bond with anybody else. Okay. So is there really a distinction between spiritual and religious? There is a distinction Inasmuch as there's a difference between the inward person or the spirit and the activities of the outward person that is the body. Let's give some Bible for that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. Wherefore we faint not, but though our outward man is decaying, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. So there's a difference, there's a distinction between the outer man and the inner man. In our worship though, there's also a distinction. Jesus talked about worship as being in spirit and in truth. When Jesus was there and the woman at the well, Jesus said, God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship him. We're going to get more to this at the end too. In spirit and in truth. I want to make this point. Please get this. It is not good enough to robotically go through the mechanics of worship. We need to put our whole spirit, our whole heart behind it. In fact, when the Bible talks about from the deepest part of our heart or the bowels of our heart, it's talking about the deepest part of emotion. So what do we do? It has to be in truth that is right, but it also has to be in spirit. It has to come from the heart. It has to be the right motive behind it all. In other words, spiritual is in spirit. Religious is the part that's in truth. So yes, there's a distinction between the two words. However, the biblical distinction between these two concepts 
is not nearly as great as some might think it is. So instead of promoting the idea that you can have one without the other, the Bible teaches the opposite. Being religious is dependent on being spiritual, and being spiritual is dependent upon being religious. Let's look at an example in the book of James. James chapter 1 and verse 26 and 27. James says, if anyone thinks he's religious, if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit the orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Now, we might think that controlling our speech, controlling our tongue is a spiritual thing. And James says it's religious. We might think visiting orphans and so forth and widows is an activity that we might consider spiritual because it's not worship. And yet, James calls it pure religion. Now, the point is this. You can't be religious without being spiritual. You can't. The opposite true is true as well. You can't be spiritual without being religious. It goes both ways. Galatians chapter 6. Notice what Paul says here. He said, brethren, if any man is overtaken in any trespass, you that are spiritual. Now, first of all, who are they? Who, who are the people that are spiritual? Some person that's reached a higher level of perfection? No. Some person that's reached a higher level of spirituality? No. Who's it talking about? It's talking about a faithful Christian. Someone that is walking by the dictates of the Spirit, guided by the Word of God. Not a perfect person, because there is no such thing. What it's talking about is, if somebody is overtaken in a trespass, somebody has to come to the rescue. Who's the person? That which is spiritual. A Christian has to come to the rescue. And restore such an one in the spirit of gentleness. Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. That's a very powerful passage. When you go to try to help somebody, interestingly, the word restore means mend that which is broken. And sometimes we're unsuccessful in doing that, but we need to try to do our best to do that. And the one that is spiritual goes and tries to restore such a one to mend that which is broken. But do it in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself. Two things. One, don't act like it can never happen to you. Don't ever act like it could never happen to you. That's number one. Number two, don't be tempted into thinking that it could never happen to you. Therefore, you've never done anything that bad. You would never do what this person did and elevate yourself with a haughty spirit. Don't do that, lest you also be tempted. I'm going to tell you something. Anybody can fall. So do so with the spirit of gentleness. Consider yourself lest you also be tempted. But what about this? Bear one another's burdens. You know, one of the most powerful things that we have is each other. And it is true, it is true 
that we bear one another's burdens, and the word burdens means heavy loads or heavy weights that are hard to bear or carry. That's true. And it is true that in a general sense, a Christian principle is to be there for each other and help each other get through stuff. That is true. But the context of this passage is specific and not general. It's talking about heavy burdens that cause your brother or your sister to sin. That's what it's talking about. Help them through that. And really, that's exactly what the Bible is talking about when it says confess your trespasses or your sins to each other. And pray one for another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. In other words, have help in getting through those times and struggles that we go through that are burdens that are lead us to sin and help each other in that. And the Bible says you fulfill the law of Christ. So helping people that go astray is a religious thing. Helping each other. Those that are spiritual do a religious thing. Bearing one another's burdens is fulfilling the law of Christ, which is the law of love. One more idea, though. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, the church is a spiritual institution. In 1 Peter 2 and 5, you also, as living stones, are built up a spiritual house. So, we're talking about that which is religious. We're talking about organized religion. We're talking about the church, the body of Christ. What does Peter say? It is a spiritual house. What do we do in the spiritual house? We're a holy priesthood, and we offer up spiritual sacrifices. They go hand in hand in our service to God. Worshiping God involves ourselves in religious activities. You cannot be spiritual without being religious as well. Going back to John chapter 4 and verse 24 once more. Jesus said, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The idea of in spirit is the very idea of being spiritual, and in truth is talking about uh, religious, obviously. In other words, what the internal is here manifests itself in the external. And we talk about the heart, right? People struggle with things in their life. It's because they don't fix it on the inside. Everything is about that. It's about the inside and the outside, and they go together. The internals and the externals, and they're both there. What does God want then, in conclusion? God wants us to be both spiritual and also religious. Do you know why? Because you can't be one without the other. Now, I want to just say one final thing. Sometimes people that profess Christianity hurt the cause of Christ because they're not spiritual. What I mean by that is this. Sometimes people profess religious things or they call themselves a religious person or they're a part of some religious affiliation. But their life is not demonstrated in that. They don't profess that at all. I'm going to give you one example. Years ago, there was a general contractor and he told me this. He said, anytime that somebody, a subcontractor, has on their business card anything at all that resembles that they're a Christian, he said, I take that business card and I throw it in the trash. And I said, why? He says, because everyone that I have dealt with that professes to be religious has been untruthful, has lied, and has not been what they said that they were. That's the damage that happens when our life does not manifest what we profess to be.
We are religious people, members of the body of Christ. But we also live a spiritual life. And we demonstrate our spirituality in the things in which we do every day. God wants us to be both, both spiritual and religious. I'm through this morning. I hope that something was said in this little short little lesson about the subject. If somebody asks the question, are you spiritual or religious, you say I'm both. Because it takes both and they go together and you can't have one without the other. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 730 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.